grim out there. So, here we are. It's Saturday. My name's Steve Wharton. I am on the way to Moorforge. Today is the first day of something called the Book Flood. And I'll tell you more about that once we get going. Okay, so the book flood is a Icelandic tradition. Um, every Christmas Eve in Iceland they give each other books and that night is spent um, reading. Curled up with the hot chocolate and um, just enjoying being nice and snuggly really. So I do a lot of work over at Moorforge which is a, a heritage centre near the lovely village of Gilcruz near Cockermouth and it's got some Viking buildings on. So I thought let's let's use that Icelandic tradition and uh, so what we've got is a nine-day book fair hopefully promoting people buying books to give to each other on Christmas Eve we're here and I'm just changing into my wellies because uh, it's in a rural spot is Moorforge and today it's a bit wet so um, I'm just going to make sure I don't get too muddy on the paths. I'm just going to dive over and have a little look at the longhouse via some of the sheep that are on site. Hi Jack, you alright? As we wander down, I'll just explain what's on site. The first thing is a, a little forge, a little um, grass-roofed forge, um, which a, is in the style of a 10th century Icelandic forge. So this is where an old blacksmith would have, would have worked. And that was the first building that went on site. Next to that is a little longhouse. And this is where we've got our bookshop. So let's just open the door. a bit of light in and we've got some authentic Viking fairy lights there we go and we've got a range of books um, we've got a history table right in the middle here we've got some fantastic books by well two authors I'm really happy that we've got a Catherine Warner and Annie Whitehead um, and they both do medieval but um, Annie is earlier, um, she's more Mercia and Wessex, the old, the old kingdoms, um, before the turn of the last millennium, so, you know, pre-1000 AD. And then we've got Catherine Warner, and she deals with um, 11, 12, 1300s. She's done quite a few things on Edward II, and also some of the other early kings and queens, and uh, her latest one is sex and sexuality in medieval England. So I think that'll be quite an interesting talk. So she's here later in the week. And here I am at my desk. And I'm all set up and ready for the first customer. Thank you for coming. As I said before, leave all the vegetable throwing to the end. We'll get to that. It'll be fine. Um, so my name is Tom Ashton. I am a Cumbrian author. 
who is published in science fiction and in crime. How did I start writing, you ask? Uh, how did you start writing? How did I start writing, you ask? My writing career started at the humble age of five years old. I produced a tabloid newspaper called Playground News, um, <laughs> which was mostly size 72 font blank clip art, but it was very, very successful in its sphere. Um, after that, I took a bit of a hiatus from writing um, until university. I went away to university and did a creative writing degree instead of going and doing the sheet metal worker apprenticeship at Bay, which probably would have made me 40k a year. And instead, I'm just a very, very poor author now, in poor, poor in every sense of the word. After university, I worked in publishing for a while and then moved back to Cumbria. How I basically kind of got started writing again was lock, lockdown was a good thing. Um, wasn't doing a lot of working, had a lot of time, was doing a lot of sitting around in the garden and drinking and not doing very much, so I thought I'd better write something. Um, moved into short stories at first because they didn't have the attention span for novels. Short stories are a really good way to kind of get an in with publishers. But, <laughs> you know, it's hard enough to sort of get a publishing deal and get a book published, but then the really hard work begins on marketing and yes. promotion, presumably. So this is why I could never be a self-published author, because I'm too lazy. Just too lazy. So to, be, uh, uh, to make a lot of money from self-publishing, you need to be very, very driven and self-disciplined, um, willing to do a lot of self-marketing. Um, whereas if you are a traditionally published author, you have a marketing department to do that for you, which is very, very useful. Um, and that's, yeah, that's I, I work with a lot of independent publishers who have a one-man marketing but what determines success for you? Is it sort of just finishing writing a story? Or uh, well, yeah, we were talking about what success is before. If you're, for example, you've always wanted to write a book and have it published, then that's success. Whereas if you want to be um, a full-time author, making X amount per year might be your idea of success. So my idea, my goals constantly change. So my idea of success at the minute would be to I'd quite like to get picked up by a big publisher in London. Oh, I don't know. I think often it's just finishing writing the book. And then if, yes, if that feels only, like a success at the time. Yeah, definitely. if there's only one copy of it and it's on my shelf, that still doesn't matter really. Yeah. yeah. It's nice just to get the sort of book finished really, whether it sells one copy of a thousand or whatever. It doesn't worry me too much. But um, Yeah, totally. Yeah. If someone comes back to me and says he enjoyed the book, that's, that's yeah. why we do it, isn't it? Have you flirted with other genres? When I finished writing this third one in November, at the end of November, hopefully, and then edited it, um, I'm planning not to touch any crime again for at least a year. I'd quite like to write fantasy. It's one that I've always liked to write. Allegedly, doesn't sell very well, but I mean, I tried doing the genre that's meant to sell well, and I want to try something that I actually want to write um, now. So, fantasy, I'm thinking about moving towards. You said that you've set an awful lot of writing in a Cumbrian fiction application. Yeah. Do you find that having a very regional, local identity makes it more or less accessible to the London publishing establishments? Do they see exoticity in the land of Wordsworth or do they think, ooh, Northern? Um, I think there's a bit, well, yeah, so some of them probably, privately. Um, no, I think there's, um, they like kind of gritty, Northern, um, authentic voices are the, are the main thing that I feel make good writing, authentic voices. And that is a relevant way from everywhere has um, everywhere has a benefit, if you like. 
Um, I saw. I think the best publishers are those who are just attracted to good writing. I know that sounds cliche, um, regardless of where it is, as long as the voice is strong. That's it then. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you.